Welcome as we continue our series on living wisely in a wacky world. Today we look at living wisely with finances. Our text comes from 1 John chapter 3 verses 16 through 18. We know love by this, that Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. Let us pray. Almighty God, help us to live faithfully with all that you've given us. Help us to be good stewards of the gifts that you've bestowed on us. Help us not to be wasteful or selfish, but to use your gifts for your purposes, to share your love with your world. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, churches sometimes mistakenly teach people that money is evil. It's not. Money is neutral. It's either a tool or a trap, depending on your relationship with it. We're either its slave or its master. Sometimes we use money to buy idols. We purchase all sorts of things that we believe will make us happy. I know that I've purchased way too many idols myself. Uh, I've bought RVs and electronics. Each purpose brought with it a promise that I would be happy. This would be the thing that would that would just fill my life with joy. I was especially sure that boats would make me happy, and to be honest, I do love boating. But I was surprised at how much time that I had to work for my boat. I became a slave to my possession. Those things take all kind of time and energy. I would, I would have to winterize it and then summarize it and spend time cleaning it up afterwards and then cleaning it up again before we took it out. It was so labor intensive just to own this thing that was supposed to be making me happy. But that's what idols do. They enslave us. They eat up our time and our energy and our resources. All of those promises of possessions making us happy wind up being empty promises. On the other hand, Sometimes we use our money to bless others. We release it into kingdom work. A year ago, I decided I needed a new grill, another thing to make me happy, to be honest. But my old one was rusted out, and I was ready to purchase a new one. But this time, I decided that at least if I was going to purchase something for myself, I would match that investment dollar for dollar with doing something for somebody else. Well, uh, I... I'm enjoying my grill, but to be honest, it still makes me work too. It takes effort to keep it up and to keep it clean and usable. But in addition to buying a grill for myself, I also bought a cow and five ducks for people I will never meet through the Heifer Project. Uh, that, that cow and those ducks are providing food for people who wouldn't have it otherwise. And what's more is they do it in a way that they can reproduce and continue to provide food. Who knows how many people and how many years worth of food will come out of that gift. I I enjoy the grill, but I can't tell you how happy it makes me to know that, that that small gift of mine is making such a big difference to somebody somewhere in the world. Is it buying idols enslaves us where generosity sets us free. 
John Wesley offered three rules for living wisely with finances. I'll add one more to it that's appropriate to our times. Wesley said, gain all you can, save all you can, give all you can. To those three, I will add, avoid debt. So gain all you can. Wesley didn't oppose wealth. He encouraged us to earn all the money that we can. We should be diligent in our work ethic. Christians shouldn't sit around just waiting for God to drop blessings out of the sky to meet our needs, but we should have the drive and the ambition to get out and work for ourselves. Wesley stressed, though, that we should earn our wealth in an ethical manner. In our time, there are some very unethical ways that we can get ahead financially. Uh, some businesses are gaining money through wage theft. They're paying their workers a sub-minimum wage, or they're causing their workers to work too many hours, or they're not paying out in certain other ways. Wage theft is a tremendous problem in our country right now. But a companion to that, some employees steal time from their bosses by being on their cell phones or, or doing non-work-related stuff while they're on the clock. So employees steal from the bosses. Bosses sometimes steal from the employees. And some make money through things that are just destructive to human well-being. Some people are earning money by doing things that eventually hurt people. Years ago, the United Methodist General Board of Pensions and Health Benefits had to make some had to take a hard look at themselves and make some tough decisions for our denomination, for our retirement money. Uh, they had to look at where those investments were going. What were we supporting with church retirement investments? They made decisions not to invest in companies that harm people or promote unhealthy practices. Even if we could earn a lot of money through those businesses, we don't invest in those businesses because we're not going to profit off of hurting someone. Part of living wisely with finances is guaranteeing that the money that we earn is clean money. To the best of our ability, our, our earnings have not created a harm for anyone. Next, Wesley said, save all you can. Now, he wasn't really talking about savings accounts in the 18th century, although that might apply. Rather, he was encouraging frugality. We would say, don't waste money. You know, don't spend it unnecessarily to buy something that you don't need or to buy something that you could get at a better price. I suspect that had Wesley lived in our times, he would encourage shopping generic at the grocery store. That's, that's the kind of savings that he's talking about. But also in our time, there is an ethical component to how we save as well. Sometimes the cheaper item comes with a human cost. Some of the goods that we buy are cheaper because of the sweatshop labor that produced them. Our financial savings should not be on the backs of enslaved and abused people. That's just not right. We, we shouldn't save money because someone else is being mistreated. It takes a little work, but there are ways of discovering if your food and clothing were produced in ethical ways. And we'd love to have that conversation later. There are people around our church that can help with that. Next, the, the thing that I would add, avoid debt. Debt is strangling our current culture. 
It's fueled by our desire for instant gratification. I can buy the latest, newest, shiniest idol right now and pay for it over time. Buy now, pay later, get what you want when you want it, and then just make easy monthly installments. But those installments wind up not being so easy and they last forever. Credit cards are designed to make that payback period last 30 years at untold amounts of interest. I'm far too familiar with this deadly trap. I'm embarrassed to tell it. Don't really want to say it out loud, but it's important for us to realize what's going on. In 2019, I paid $18,800 in interest. Stupid tax. And I don't own a mortgage, so none of that was mortgage interest. $18,800, roughly a quarter of my salary that I was just giving to the banks because I had to have that instant gratification. That's money that I couldn't use to support my family. That's money that I couldn't give away for kingdom purposes. It's money that I couldn't but put back for retirement. It's a deadly trap. I was just bleeding that money. I would have much rather bought uh, three arcs through the Heifer Project than give that money to the bank. But there is a way out, I'm happy to say. In 2021, last year, I only paid $5,400 in interest. That's a huge savings. We're not through yet. Soon that amount will be zero, but we don't have to be slaves to debt. There are ways out. And if you're drowning in debt, let's talk. I would love to share with you the some ideas about how to get out. Freedom really is an option. Debt is not a requirement for living in our time with the possible exception of home mortgage. We have people here who can help as well. Reach out to us and, and let us help you finally get debt free. So we, we gain all we can, we save all we can, we avoid debt. Finally, Wesley encourages us to give all we can. God blesses us to be a blessing. We earn all we can, save all we can, and avoid debt so that we can make a difference. The more resources we have, the more we can accomplish for the kingdom. The purpose of building wealth is so that it can be a blessing, not a trap. The Apostle John connects it to the way that we love. It's interesting here. I wanted to use this text because John makes a direct connection between wealth and love. The way that we use our wealth demonstrates the way that we love. If we have the world's goods, if, if we have some kind of wealth, and we see people hurting and do nothing to help them, how can we claim that we love them? How can we claim that we have the love of God in us when we ignore people that we could help? Our wealth creates an opportunity to share love. Ultimately, generosity sets us free. It keeps us out of the potential trap of our finances. So give it a try. Give away a duck. It's $20, by the way, or a cow is $500, or a bag of groceries to a local food bank. Give away something. Your gift will bless someone else, and it will bring incredible joy to you. In fact, it'll set you free. 
Gain all you can. Save all you can. Avoid debt so that you can give all you can and be free. Amen.